Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Hello and welcome to the Netflix and Swill podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I'm Caleb. And I can't believe we've now made it 300 episodes. Uh, that's true. We've done it. It's it's here. It's happening. Welcome, welcome to the series finale of Netflix and Swill. Three cheers for six years. Almost. Almost. Uh, so how are you, friend? Tired. I've aged a lot in the last six years. Uh, that's true. I went from being in my late 20s to my nearly mid-30s, so that's great. Yeah, I went from being uh, 11 years from 18 and 11 years from 40 to now <laughs> being uh, much closer to 40 than I am to 18 and feeling like it. Yikes. Well, here's to uh, Netflix depending uh, 300 more episodes. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, maybe they'll get, you know, shut down and lose all their subscribers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if, if only if only that was to happen overnight and a company to die immediately overnight, like everyone's <laughs> likes to pretend they are. Well, that's how that works. Um, hey, let's. Uh, Go back to our time-honored tradition uh, and start our 300th episode the way we started our very first episode, I think, uh, which is with a segment called What's Your Swill? Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans! Stay away from the cans! I can tell you that first episode is uh, rough sounding. I did not know how to edit audio yet. Uh... My microphone setup didn't work. Your microphone setup was crackly, Mike. Uh, you should just bring it back for shits and giggles one time. Just to enrage me. See see what happens. If, if we make it to uh, episode 500, or maybe definitely for episode 1000, I'll do it. We'll just do it on like shitty old jank equipment. Oh my god! I'd have to find that old mic that I was on. My my old mic wasn't terrible, but it was it was not great. It was not the the ATR twenty one hundred. I'll I'll do the crackly mic, and you can do the uh, the just record mic. off of your your yeah. laptop oh microphone. Oh my god! So anyway, what are you uh, what are you drinking? I am drinking the Sweetwater Brewing Company's four twenty Imperial IPA. This is uh, nine point one ABV, sixty IBUs. Blaze it! Got weed in it. Uh, possibly. Oh, oh, this is uh, quote unquote expired because it says can condition for fresher taste. Uh, check the best. It's B I E B. Best ingested. Best if enjoyed by. Oh, there we go. Uh, bottom of the bottom of the uh, can says uh, three twenty four twenty twenty two. So you know, only a month and a half later. And I have like three more of these in the fridge. There you go. Uh, well, 
I am having a uh, menage a trois Moscato sweet white blend with notes of pineapple, peach, and honey. Uh, I got this because it's called menage a trois, uh, which is uh, group sex. That's uh, that's that's I, true. I got this because they didn't have a sixty nine four twenty wine. It's a white wine. It's a uh, lot sweeter than what I typically get into with wines, but uh, I don't know. I've had it for a few weeks. I got two bottles. Um, one one of them was like a dry Riesling, which is more my speed. And uh, I think my wife drank it while I was at work. Goddamn wife. Uh, but I know that was the one I was excited about, too, because that was uh, I got it because like the. Uh, the label looked like the star tarot card, and it was like right before we started doing Jojo. So mm. it was Stoperitinum. Yes. Yeah, sure. Yes. <sighs> Well, all right, all then. Right. Uh, I guess, you know, the next segment that comes up after uh, What's Your Swill is the news. Oh, shit, it's mail time. Cobra Kai is moving up. Season five will now premiere on September 9th. Uh, this is nice for once. But let, let's be real. We, we know the real reason why this is moving up. Because they've canceled things off their slate, and they need to move some. They need to move it up so that way, uh, people remember that there's still stuff on Netflix that they want to watch. Yeah, it's true. Also, the Cobra Kai team's new series, Obliterated, will be moving from TBS to Netflix. Obliterated tells the story of an elite special forces team that discovers their mission went wrong right after their celebratory party. They're ce- they're celebrating a, a mission well done, but it turns out that they fucked up and they didn't finish the mission. I guess so. <laughs> so this is a uh, a series about George W. Bush standing on an aircraft carrier in front of a banner that says "Mission Accomplished," and then the war I goes f- on for twelve more years. I fucking hope so. I hope I hope that's that's what it is. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> fuck. How long were we in Afghanistan? Yes, was that twenty years? Yes. I feel like it was 20 years. Yes. And then Biden finally pulled everybody out and everyone was like, no, Biden, you can't do that. And it's like, Man. we have to, we have to rip the bandaid off at some point. Thanks, Joe Biden. Now cancel my student debt so I can pay yeah. off my credit card. Uh, that's true. If you cancel my student debt, I will vote for you. That's why he's waiting. That's why, yeah. that's why if, he's waiting until 2024. If, <laughs> If Trump comes back in 2024 and says, what's up, guys? I'm going to cancel everyone's student debt. I will vote for him. Anybody who cancels my student debt is buying my vote for $30,000. Now, of course, the tiebreaker is if they both say they're going to cancel student debt. And then uh, obviously we'll go with the not the uh, the one that's not going to uh, have uh, an attempted coup d'etat. Yeah, that's true. All right. Uh, so yeah, the the obliterated series is because uh, TBS passed on it. Uh, I think they, I think it was in pre production at TBS, and then TBS is like, nah, we don't want this anymore. So uh, it naturally went to Netflix, and Netflix was like, yeah, you guys do quick work. Yeah, we we want you. 
do it. Like, cause I think Cobra Kai, uh, like they, they started shooting after, uh, season four even premiered. So like they had season five ready to go, uh, did production on season five. And then now it, like normally it would just like sit and wait till the new year's time. And even they remarked like, Hey, we got moved up from new year's, but Netflix mm-hmm. needs shows now. Uh, yes, seemingly. So they moved it up. Well, good for them. I agree. Good for them. Uh, also, uh, obliterated will uh, start production this summer. So anticipate this sometime early-ish 2023? Probably first half 2023 is my guess. All right. Uh, and now for the substantial news that everyone is uh, taking at face value for some fucking reason. Uh, Netflix is being sued by Fiaz Pirani, a, tr- a trustee of the Imperium Irrevocable Trust, for intentionally misleading investors. The suit alleges that Netflix made, quote, materially false and or misleading statements, unquote, and, quote, failed to disclose material adverse facts about the company's business operations and prospects, unquote. Uh, Caleb, uh, so you are aware, this investment group is a shareholder of Netflix. So they are alleging that Netflix has misled uh, shareholders since the October uh, nineteenth, twenty twenty one shareholders call, which would be their their Q3 earnings call. And and they're suing them because I'm assuming they lost money on Netflix and mm-hmm. want mm-hmm. to get it back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Any further details? Uh, there's, there's a big thing. There's a, like a big variety article or deadline article about it that basically just has okay. more details, but basically it's just alleging that, you know, Netflix obfuscated stats in order to make it look like they were still growing or going to grow, uh, at the astronomical rate that they were in Q3. Uh, just as a reminder to everybody, Squid Game came out in Q3. Uh, they gained mm-hmm. 8 million subscribers. Uh, boosting from like 203 to like 211 in terms of total subscribers. Uh, And uh, I guess they were like, hey, we're still going to keep growing. And then from there, like the growth dropped to like, I think it was like a few million in Q4 and then uh, obviously losing some in Q1. Mm -hmm. So they're saying, so this, this group is alleging that Netflix was like, hey, we know we're not going to gain as many subscribers. So we're going to lie about it. So this doesn't hold water, right? It doesn't seem like their case holds water. So either this doesn't hold water, and based off of the language of every... Because I, I reread through every single earnings call, because they type it out in a little PDF, reread it all, and just went, yes, at the time period we are currently in, this makes, this makes logical sense as to what Netflix feels the trajectory is for their company. So I don't see it there. So unless they're specifically, they specifically use language to hide it, which I don't feel like they did. I don't see it holding water. But if it does hold water, holy fuck, Netflix is in big trouble. Because that's yes, security yes, fraud. Yes, that's true. Yeah. And that means uh, potentially billions of dollars of fines. That also likely means the entire executive group is going away. Mm-hmm. And that probably will lead to either uh, the dissolution of the company or the company being acquired for its assets. Yeah. Pre- uh, presumably by Disney. 
I think it's Apple still. <laughs> or a third party venture capitalist fund that is like, hello, we want to pump and dump Netflix. Yeah. Or, yeah, like the group that's actively trying to acquire Netflix already. Right. Because I'm not even aware, like, there there could potentially be, like, an Elon Musk type situation. Like, maybe there's some billionaire who's, like, going to invest in, like, 10% of the company, even though it's, yeah. like, you know, way more than Twitter. Because Twitter, uh, what does it, Twitter, how does Twitter make money? And before anybody says ads, okay, sure. <laughs> well, how does Netflix make money? I don't understand. <sighs> I know. Uh, <laughs> But I mean, nobody knows. But the thing is with Netflix, at least it's okay. Uh, I'm getting into the joke. I'm taking the joke too hard. Uh, But the point is, is that Netflix, you can at least quantify how they make money. Twitter, I have no idea. I I don't understand how their ads make any money. So uh, it is. Uh, is. They sell their users data to. That's true. Parties. That's factual. I mean, that's the actual way they make money. Yeah, you're not wrong. So, um, I don't know. I know it's currently Netflix didn't comment on this because it's an ongoing legal suit. Like if your company is being sued. You don't comment on the suit. You, you just are like, eh, eh. sure it exists. That's all we have to say. Uh, no idea when this is going to trial or if it will go to trial, likely settlement coming up unless like something gets found in discovery. My guess is going to be that Netflix pays them to go away. Cause it's easier than fighting them. And then people are going to assume that doing so is an admission of guilt because they've already decided to hate Netflix. No matter what happens. That's true. The internet has done such a 180 on Netflix in the last like month. It's been actually insane. And don't get me wrong. There's some good reason for it. The password yeah. sharing thing that everyone's scared about, uh, which my mom was like, did you hear about the password sharing thing? It's like, Mom, do you even listen to the show? She went, no. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, thanks for the money. Thanks for the downloads. But yeah, like, no, we talked about that. Like, uh, what what, what I said we were going to do is like, we're just going to pay for it because Caleb needs it for, like, if, if they do the proposed thing, uh, Caleb needs it, and therefore you will get it. Blah, blah, blah. Everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Will a normal person do it? Who fucking knows? So, yeah, my mom tries to tell me information about Netflix that I've known about for at least a month. Oh, my God. When we get to 500 episodes, can we have your mom on as guest host? Uh, when would episode 500 take place? Uh, like three years from now, almost. Uh, four years. And also, that was apparently wrong. It's, it's May 10th. Or it's May 9th? Okay. Yeah, hold on. I did this all wrong. Hold on. Bear with well, me. There's Dan, there's 52 weeks in a year. Yeah. 520 episodes would be 10 years. So we'd be at like nine and a half years, roughly. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, okay. I lied. It was, uh, it's, it would actually <laughs> March. My dude's over here doing trigonometry. No, no, there's a fucking calculator online. No, it's uh, March 14th, 2026. That would be uh, the actual 1,404 days. There it is. I figured it out. We're all there. I don't know why I did this. Or uh, 365 days. 
which is the sex movie. I 365, think, right? 365 over two days. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was going to be my next joke Birth is the sleep. Kingdom Hearts joke. Yeah. Chain of Memories. What is Kingdom Hearts? What even is happening there? So one time, uh, Corey and I went to Dave and Buster's and we were driving back and he tried to explain to me the plot of Kingdom Hearts. And I just went, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to cr- <laughs> I'm, I'm going to crash us into oncoming you traffic just... if you continue. <laughs> you just looked at him and realized that you didn't love him anymore and said, I can't do this anymore. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, it was uh, that was that was awful. So, yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, who knows? Maybe by uh, March 14th, 2026, we'll get an answer to this uh, Netflix securities fraud question. Maybe we'll get a clear and concise description of what the plot of the Kingdom Hearts games are. No one knows. No one knows. All right. Uh, that'll move all of this shit into downstream. The segment where we talk about fucking trailers. Baby, I can't control the Internet. <laughs> I don't know if I would fuck these trailers, but if I had to. Our first trailer is for The G Word with Adam Conover. Uh, it's a sequel to The L Word. That's that's true. Do you... <laughs> I don't know if that joke's funny, but I thought that it was uh, somewhat witty, I guess. It's more like the prequel to the prequel to the prequel to the prequel of The L Word. I think I'm missing some prequels in there, but, you know. Medically. Pretty sneaky, sis. Diagonally. Uh, The G Word with Adam Conover is a hybrid comedy documentary series. Uh, It doesn't look like it does either of those things well. That pulls back the curtain on the surprising ways the U.S. government impacts our everyday lives, from the mundane to the life-changing. With the signature blend of irreverence and insight, Conover explores the government's triumphs, failures, and what we might be able to do to change it. Uh, the G Word with Adam Conover is produced by Higher Ground alongside Adam Conover, John Cohen, and John Wolf of Fairpoint. Love it or hate it, the government plays a huge role in our lives. Adam Conover explores its triumph, failures, and how we might be able to change it. Uh, if you want my answer to how we change it, it is, as always... Eat the rich. Uh-huh. Uh, what'd you think of the trailer and the show and the, the potentiality of the show? I don't know. I kind of uh, editorialized as I went, but like, I don't know. It's supposed to be a comedic and a documentary, and I don't think it looks like either. Uh, sure. Uh, I don't particularly care for the Adam Conover shtick that he has. Uh, I don't think it's particularly funny or interesting. Uh, Also, he recently got a TikTok, and I guarantee it's 100% uh, to promote this show and nothing else. Uh, I don't know. Watch it if you want. Like, it's a John Oliver-ish type thing, I guess, but... You know, this isn't going to fix anything that people hate about Netflix. Like, this looks like another one of those things. It's like, hey, this exists. Check it out. Fucking check it out. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, I probably won't. It's fine. It's always allowed. I probably won't either, quite honestly. The uh, U.S. government and I are mortal, mortal enemies. And uh, we have, like... Uh, we're on each other's lists, as it were. 
which is scarier from my perspective. Because yeah, my is. list is just a list of things that I don't like. And theirs is a murder list. You might be uh you might be having some trouble there, bro. <laughs> I don't think I'm on any lists. But I don't know. That, like that you know of. Yeah, that I know of. You might be on Ronald Reagan's list. I assume that like well, yeah, because uh he was the devil. I don't know. I I did you know use the internet during college and I assume that like if you go to the website 4chan.com like you just are on the list that's probably true oh my god there's a live stream right now uh where dave Chappelle is doing an ama about him being tackled on stage we didn't say, talk did about that no we didn't um he got tackled on stage he got tackled on stage and then uh yeah it's a thing that happened apparently no one is talking about him saying that was a trans man and some people like yeah because that's like not great no uh, hey i mm, he didn't misgender the man so there's that at least yeah that's true it was a man uh, i i i don't know i just feel like that's funny because you know it seems like trans people hate him i saw the video it was pretty fucked up because Dave Chappelle's just like, I'm going to fucking kill that person. But then his security people wouldn't let him go backstage uh, because they were already like way too busy fucking Suge Knight stomping him into the fucking ground. Well, if you've ever seen uh, non wrestlers enter the enter the wrestling ring and how quickly they get their ass kicked, like, oh, yeah, right. Man. I feel like if you do that and you don't get the job done, which, by the way, th- you can tell that man has never played football in his life because that was one of the worst tackle. That was a really high seen. tackle. Just bad, just bad form. You wrap him up, and then you beat the fuck yeah. out of him. But no, he he didn't do anything. He yeah, just, tied he the just limbs up. Just go just for the center of gravity. Bumped him and then f- flew off and then got his ass kicked. So good <laughs> job. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I don't think Dave Chappelle saying that was a trans man is that bad. Uh, He could have been like this. He could have said something much worse, uh, which I will say. I think I think Dave Chappelle's just being used to being hated by trans people. He could have been like, boy, that tranny tried to kick my ass. Imagine if he said that. Oof. Um, Yeah, I don't know if. I don't know. Say like Albanians were fucking mad at me for some reason and then like somebody just fucking tackled me randomly i would be like man that albanian just tried to beat my ass right like or like you almost get hit by a car and you're like like you piss off like you know your your brother or something it's like oh my brother just tried to hit me with his car like stupid like that seems like like that kind of level of stupid dumb joke that you would make so i'm okay with it uh of course chris <laughs> rock followed up with was that will smith yeah which is uh actually fucking amazing <laughs> so yeah uh he got tackled uh and then the man got his ass ass fucking beat that man that man's arm is so fucked uh, <laughs> it wasn't great yeah. <laughs> uh speaking of uh, something not being great please take us on to our next trailer all right, our next trailer is for Interceptor. 
Meet the world's last defense. One army captain must use her years of tactical training and military expertise when a simultaneous coordinated attack threatens the remote missile interceptor station she is in command of. Elsa Pataki and Luke Bracey star in Interceptor, directed by Matthew Riley. Uh, last officer standing on a remote missile defense base wages the battle of her life against terrorists aiming 16 stolen nuclear weapons at the U.S. I'll be honest, like, this looks like a cheap, like a fucking A24 action movie. Uh, that being said, A24 like that. <laughs> or no, who the fuck? Who am I thinking of? The Asylum? I think I'm thinking of Asylum. I was oh like, who's the company God. that makes Atlantic Rim? <laughs> he, bro, how dare you compare A24 to fucking uh, The Asylum? The A24 makes... I was like, like, what's the shitty A movie studio? Uh, yeah. Oh, And then I said it, and I was like, oh wait, A24 is the good one, aren't they? A24 is the good independent studio. Uh, I mean, look at the Green Knight. I think that was like $20 million, and that looks like a $100 million movie. But yeah, it's uh, sort of like similar concept to The Rock or Under Siege, uh, except the main character is a woman, so you can uh, be, I guess, more certain that like uh, she's not like the your main actor isn't trying to like uh, molest women on set like the Steven Seagal's and what have you of the world would be true. Uh, so Casey Moore posted this trailer or like retweeted this trailer and was like, so let's take bets on the IMDb rating of it. Uh, he went with 4.7. I'm going with a 5.3. Hmm. I'm going to go with 5.1, just slightly under tall girl. Uh, also, I'm going to be <laughs> I'm watching the fuck out of this movie, Dan. You can't stop oh, yeah. me. 100 percent. June 3rd. That might be our main our main topic. Oh, please. Please, daddy. We'll see what else is coming out. Oh, wait. Uh, no, Stranger Things comes out the week before. So, of course, they're dumping this the week after Stranger Things. That way, people are still watching Stranger Things. And then they go, what's, what's this Elsa Pataki movie? This looks awful. I'm not watching this. Too bad it's not a Helga Pataki movie. It's just shrines of football heads. <laughs> I always love whenever they get, like, a foreign actor or actress to play somebody who's like supposed to be super patriotic for the United States. You know, like Jean-Claude Van Damme uh, in Bloodsport being like a U.S. Army Army colonel or something like that. And it's like, this guy sounds like a Belgian, a Belgium person. Like she's like, I think from Bra Bra Brazil? Italy? Where is she from? I don't know. Oh, Spain. Never mind. Uh, sort of like those places I just mentioned. All right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I You can be mad at me all you want. Uh, this looks very much right up my alley. That's fair. Uh, that was all, You were always allowed to want to watch this movie. Uh, I'm going to love the shit out of this movie and then rate it two and a half. That sounds right. That sounds like that sounds like the under siege rating, honestly. Yeah, that's how I usually do business. All right, uh, and that'll segue us nicely into quick hits. Uh, after watching, I'll 
woman hit terrorists quickly. At least in the trailer, it looks like she can fight. There's at least that. I'm uh, I'm interested to see how she does, how she looks in the role. Uh, there was also like early set set footage or like set photos, and there looked to be like some weird thing on one of the tables in one of the fight scenes. Don't remember what I remember the the set image existing. I just don't remember what hmm. everyone was like. Look at this fucking like it was like I don't want to say it was like Game of Thrones Starbucks coffee level thing, but it was something that people just kept like being like, "Why is this on the table?" Was it a bread slicer? Maybe they're gonna you know do that I again. Wish. Be awesome. <laughs> we almost watched somebody get bread slicered in uh, Rambo: Last Blood. That's true. Uh, but yeah, quick hits. Anything for you? Yes. Uh, so let's start with Happy Gilmore. I watched Happy hey, Gilmore. I was I was very nearly about to watch Happy Gilmore last night because I was I was playing Stardew. I was playing Stardew Valley, and I was like, I could just throw this on for background noise. Uh, and then I ended up throwing on something else, which I'll talk about in a minute. That's fine. Yeah. So it's, it's Happy Gilmore. It's uh, good Sandler stuff. Uh, you know. Bob Barker fights golf, uh, wooden hand jokes, you know, uh, fucking Mm -hmm. what the fuck is Shooter McGavin's name? I can never remember his name. He's just Shooter McGavin. Like anytime I see him in anything, Shooter, it's Shooter. They're Shooter. Uh, Iconic villain. I'll say it. I very rarely say anything's iconic. He is an iconic villain. I mean, what more do you need? Uh, great su- uh, subway product placement. Fuck. They should have brought back uh, happy Gilmore as the subway spokesman combo. <laughs> Talk about a hole in one. Talk about a hole in one. I love the way he de- like. There's very little good acting in this movie. That is actually good acting from him because that is exactly how uh, professional athletes act in commercials. Oh yeah, like they they don't give a fuck. They're just like, I'm just here to get paid. Like Charles Barkley, like he's also in the subway commercials. Like he's at least entertaining about it and has like some showmanship. Steph Curry's in it and he's fucking dreadful. So like I like that little that little subtle thing of like Adam Sandler seeming like halfway bored do- doing a commercial is just the perfect touch to that scene. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. You're going to die, clown. Go to my happy place. Uh, and then there's his grandma with the Gene Simmons mask, and then uh, Shooter fucking shoves the, the, the <laughs> his fucking tongue. deep throat in the Gene Simmons tongue. That's that's one of those disturbing images I think I've ever seen in a movie. And we watched uh, Rambo rip someone's collarbone out of their own body. <laughs> uh, the happy place scene, like the second happy place scene in Happy Gilmore, where it's all fucked up is on par with the old lady uh, in Billy Madison talking about horseshoes and what they do. And if there's horse socks, like those are like, those are the comedy moments that defined my sense of humor. Just see some obscure random shit, like for no reason existing. I drew the duck blue because I had never seen a blue duck before. And to be honest with you, I wanted to see a blue duck. So, yes, if you long for the days of good Adam Sandler, please, please watch that. Uh, it's on Netflix in the, in the U.S. right now. It's a it's a fucking joy. Yeah, that and the other one that really got me was uh, in Tommy Boy, where he gets fucking 
hit in the face with the crane. And he's like, I was checking the specs and the rotary girder. I'm retarded. <laughs> yep, he said he definitely said that. He did. Um I don't know. It was a different time. It was. All right. Uh next I watched uh The War of the Worlds starring Tom Cruise. So huh. This was this was in this weird period of time where it was like before the Katie Holmes divorce where Tom yeah. Cruise didn't care about his image so much like he was okay Yeah, cuz he was a he was guy. already he was already jumping up and down on Oprah's couch. Right. So like he was doing he did like collateral at this time where he was like the bad guy in this he's like an asshole dad to start out with and of course he like grows and like that's his character development mm-hmm. but like at the beginning he's just like this asshole dad who just you know very clearly doesn't give a shit about his kids. Uh, but War of the Worlds, uh, if you're familiar with the Orson Welles story, which apparently my girlfriend wasn't and didn't know how this fucking movie ends. I, I actually read the book when I was in like fourth grade because I was a giant fucking nerd. There's no was. Well, yeah, but uh, yeah, I I read it. And then like. I think immediately after I attempted to read Moby Dick and I got a half like halfway through it and I was like, this book is bad. And then I stopped <laughs> and fair. Moby Dick is not a good book. But it's a classic. Uh, that's like saying ZZ Top putting fucking carpet on their guitars is like a classic. It's a thing they did, but just because it's like old and retro doesn't mean that it's cool. That's true. So yeah, World of the Worlds, uh, they're in some place in like northern US and uh, aliens come down and uh, they start snatching your people up trying to uh, <laughs> suck them. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife, get to Miranda Otto in Boston who is pregnant. Uh, Miranda Otto, for those of you who are unaware, uh, is it's uh, the woman from Lord of the Rings that is supposed to be Aragorn's love interest in the second movie, but then they were like, this is a bad idea. Yeah. Let's just bring back Arwen. Eowyn. Eowyn which that's kind of sounds like Arwen. I know, right? Uh, it's she's like that was she's the uh, non-union human equivalent of Arwen. <laughs> <laughs> Tremendous joke. <laughs> Listen to me, Senor Spielbergo. All right. And then uh, she was also in uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina as uh, Sabrina's one aunt. Aunt. Oh, my God. Fuck. That's I true. can't remember the names. It's like Zelda. Uh, and Hilda and Hilda? Zelda. Yeah, I think she was Zelda. Uh, it doesn't matter. That show sucks because uh, it's like Riverdale, but uh, yeah. spooky. Hashtag not my Sabrina. That's true. Uh, so, you know, she, uh, so like they, they gotta go from like somewhere in the tri-state area to Boston because that's where Miranda Otto is. And then along the way, uh, run afoul of, uh, the, the aliens and, uh, Tim Robbins and, uh, also the son runs off at one point to try to join the army because he's like, we should be fighting these, these aliens. And then we're like, oh, there's a massive explosion. The sun is clearly dead. And then they show up in Boston and the sun is already there. And you're just like, but how? You're clearly dead. <laughs> what was the motivation for the aliens to attack Earth? Did they ever say? 
I think Morgan Freeman may have said it. Yes, this, this movie is narrated by Morgan Freeman because they needed to have a narrator voice. So you go with, of course, Morgan Freeman. Yeah. The poop sat on her boobs, looking like a wiener. <laughs> That's true. So I, I don't know. He might have said it. I don't think there was any motivation. It was just, you know, that they that they went here. So uh, in case you're not familiar with it, uh, we win. And we win because disease uh, takes on yeah. the fucking aliens. The, the you know, masters of the planet couldn't defeat them with all of our military might. Uh, it was the lowliest of Earth life forms that ultimately defeated them. The microbe. Yeah. 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 That's the. That's because they problem. didn't have immunities uh, because all of the aliens are anti-vaxxers. Well, that's what I tried to explain to Ashton. Like, they died because there's no built-in immunity there. Like, we have mm-hmm. antibodies coursing through our veins through uh, a combination of vaccine, hereditary, and hereditary immunity to melt, like, thousands of different bacteria yeah. and viruses that have evolved through time that we also have carry immunity towards. Yeah, it, it's like it's like if instead of uh, white people marauding across the American continent like if we had gotten here and then like they already had aids but they also were immune to aids oh my god could you imagine what kind of defense <laughs> mechanism that would be good god why don't you native americans how could you just not <laughs> develop aids faster jesus christ <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck what is the matter with us we have 300 episodes and we don't give a fuck anymore just cancel the show <laughs> we better make aids those fucking white people are coming This is all staying in. I mean, of course. Oh, uh, fuck. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's how they win. Uh, they have Damn, to have like, they... I, I'm afraid that we're both going to go to hell when we die. Hey, uh, good news. <laughs> uh, when you die, it's a nothingless void. There's nothing. Yeah, yeah that's it. All You're just, just stops. dead. Unless, of course, like the first like year and a half that you're alive before you learn how to speak uh, is just you babbling on about shit you already know because you've been reincarnated. Oh, fuck. But then you forget all that stuff because people try to tell you different stuff. So you don't learn anything like you learn new patterns and stuff. So you forget all the information you had in your past life. (laughs) (laughs) But there's two options. So yes, they went through disease. Uh, they have to have one final action sequence where a bunch of military soldiers just like shoot fucking RPGs and and uh, javelin missiles at this fucking tripod without uh, any shields on it. And they're like, oh my God, we finally killed it. It's like, no, no, no. Just disease killed them. So, you know. Uh, also, uh, the aliens make vines out of human blood. It's fucking metal. Uh I mean, if this movie was released today, they would make TikToks out of human blood. TikTok is so much worse than Vine. 
Vine, you had 10 seconds to be funny and interesting. People take like fucking four hours to be funny or interesting. And even then they fail at it. And like half the shit on there, you have to listen to that fucking now, 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 fucking piece of shit song. The what? The the fucking the one like all the fucking women were doing like the door silhouette challenge where they would strip. And it was the song that was like, oh, now, 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 now. Oh, I think you're way you behind. This? You heard TikTok. about this? No, no, because <laughs> it was like it was like two years ago. There's there's new thirst trap songs now. There's uh there's, there's I've somebody never had TikTok because like there was a controversy around it that said it was a Chinese conspiracy to collect your user oh. data, and then I was like, that might be true, but I'm not willing to risk it. So that's probably true, but also apparently, uh, Chinese TikTok is different than uh, Western TikTok. Western TikTok is specifically designed around keeping information out of you, away from you that is actually mm-hmm. useful for you to become like a more informed citizen. Uh, and instead focuses on thirst traps, uh, people screeching about their fucking landlord and shit. Meanwhile, in China, it's a way for state sponsored media to reach it, reach like information, give like get to people like younger than us, like the young kids now. So, yeah. China tries to keep us stupid by feeding us, uh, hey, this hot dog is a sandwich, right? That's the conspiracy theory, which I choose to believe because it's China. Hmm. Fuck China. Chinese people. I mean, okay. a hot, China, a the hot dog is them. a sandwich, though. It is. I don't it's know It's stuff why. in bread. Right. If I mean, you fold China... a slice of pizza in half, that is a sandwich. If you want to get technical, a, a hot dog is a taco. <laughs> That's it. All right, uh, we have talked about this shit for way too long. Uh, finally, I watched The Silent Sea. This is a Netflix original uh, Korean uh, sci-fi drama thing. It's about a group of people uh, who... Uh, the Earth is dying. Uh, we're running out of clean water. Apparently, we've been going through desalination for quite a while, and the oceans are running dry. Uh, so you know this is in the far-off future, because uh, we're soon going to have way too much water. Uh, there's yeah. a little warming joke for everybody. Uh, so this is about a, a Korean team uh, going to this lunar space station because they apparently were researching something that would help fix the crisis. But then uh, the station had to be closed after five years due to something. Uh, so this stars uh, Bay Duna, who everyone will know from Cloud Atlas. Uh, she's the android thing. Mm. She's from the android. Uh, oh, she's the, uh, is it the restaurant girl? Yes. Okay, yeah. Uh, she's also she supposed to be an android. I thought she was a clone. I thought she was an android. I need to watch Cloud Atlas again. Yes. Uh, also, she's in white face at the end of the movie, which is the for the funniest fucking thing I think I've ever seen in a movie. Uh, so she's in that. And also the dad from Train to Busan is in this. Uh, they go there. It plays out like a space station movie, except it takes eight episodes that are 45 minutes apiece. Uh, instead of a two-hour movie, which is fine. Uh, it's interesting enough. Uh, okay. That said, I feel like the final episode kind of sucks because it's a lot of dumb, 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 dumb decisions to get us down to the people that are left. Uh, and it is it is what it is. Uh, I don't see this getting a second season. I don't like it. It ends pretty succinctly. Like, this is the end of the the end of the show. We're not doing any more. Thank you for coming. So 
if it gets a second season, I'll be surprised. I probably will still check it out, but uh, it doesn't need it. Still, I recommend it. It's a solid, solid Korean show. All right. I watched The Pentaveret. Uh, as you list. might have guessed. Yeah. Uh, so this is about Mike Myers, uh, a Canadian journalist, uh, finding out about the Pentaveret, a secret society that controls the world. Uh, but unlike other secret societies, they're nice. Supposedly. Um, and it's kind of about like the, the internal struggles and like... I don't know. There's a conspiracy within the Pentaveret to like, uh, you know, do bad things. Mm-hmm. So Mike Myers plays Ken Scarborough, who is this Canadian journalist. Uh, he also plays Bruce Baldwin, uh, who is a member of the Pentaveret from Australia. Lord Lordington, who is a member of the Pentaveret from, uh, I think, Great Britain. It has uh, to be. Mishu Ivanov, who is a member of the Pentaveret from Russia. Okay. Uh, Shep Gordon, who is a character I don't know if I remember. Oh, he was he was a member of the Pentaveret who dies and is like replaced. Oh, okay. No, maybe. Huh. There's okay. So there's wait one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's eight Mike Myers characters and like. Six of them are Pentaveret members, which is a group of five men who control the world. So, uh, but like there's members dying and like new ones coming in and shit. It's funnier and less cringy than I thought. Like I actually genuinely enjoyed a good deal of it. Okay. But like most of it derives from like the meta humor of the whole thing. So like they get Jeremy Irons to narrate the intro. And like while he's doing his narration, he's yelling at you for looking at the skip, looking for the skip button to skip his narration, which he like cares about doing a good job with, Uh, which like so the narration's different at the intro to like each episode uh, because it's just like a running gag but they actually don't put like the skip button on there just so that you have to listen to Jeremy Irons, good jokes. Uh, so like, you know, he'll change it up and be like, just making jokes. And he's like, see, you have to listen to it each time. Uh, and on one of them, he's like, uh, this is a story about, uh, four young boys and they meet a girl named 11 and they live in Hawkins, Indiana. Uh, and then like the stranger things title comes up and he's like, Oh wait, that's a different show and all this shit. But, uh, and then like they do, they actually do like good meta jokes at Netflix's expense because like, um, there's a part where they're like in a bar and the guy's trying to get information about the Pentaveret, uh, from just like they're, Basically, like, the first couple episodes are this journalist infiltrating, like, uh, a conspiracy, like, QAnon group to try to find out about the Pentaveret. Uh, So, like, they do (laughs) they do this whole thing. And it's just like because they uh, they go to America for it. 
So everybody the whole time is just like, fuck this fucking shit. Fuck goddamn piss. Fuck cock ass. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Like nonstop. They talking to uh, me. And they're like, why is everybody swearing so much? Oh, we're in America. Uh, and then like somebody just quips like, man, I can't believe Netflix is allowing us to use all this filthy language. Uh, and then they like, cause they're playing pool, uh, like during this. So then it's like, Oh, we'll, we'll do a jump cut back in like, uh, like the Netflix logo pops up and then Mike Myers or somebody comes out and is like, yeah, that was a bit risque. This is what, you know, the edited version of that scene would be if we took out all the naughty language uh, to make Netflix happy. And then like, (laughs) it's just like, Oh, like I'm, I'm going balls deep and all like, Oh yeah. Oh, uh, 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 and like, cause it's just a bunch of cuts around every time they swear, but it makes it seem like he's getting fucked over this pool table. So that's kind of funny. All right. Uh, it's it's a very visual joke, and I can't explain it to you, but it's fine. You tried, but yeah, like they do they do shit like that. Like it's it's meta. Uh, it's it kind of does what Space Force was trying to do, where it takes topical things and makes them funny, except that it like is actually kind of funny. But then like there's the other end of it where it's like. This is like if Austin Powers got fat and sad. Because <laughs> Mike Myers is. Uh, he's had a rough, rough uh, period of his career, and I guess this is him trying to jumpstart it again. Yeah, because the last time I remember seeing him in something was like. Inglorious uh, Bastards, the he was in Inglorious Bastards. Yes, he was one of the generals in the third sequence. Uh, That's true. Um, I don't know. Aside from like, you know, bit parts and stuff like that. The last thing I remember him starring in was The Love Guru, which is the movie that uh, effectively ended his career. That is true. I don't know. But yeah, it feels like they tried to do like an Austin Powers movie, but like everybody's really sad that they have to do it. And instead of doing it as a movie, it's like six 30 minute episodes. Sure. (laughs) Well, poor everybody else, I guess. It's not awful, though. I mean, it's all right. I would want I I'm I'm think that uh, it it was worth my time to watch it. And it's fine. That, That was always allowed. All right, and that'll bring me over to <laughs> the second thing I watched, uh, which I'm uh, ashamed to say was Honeymoon with My Mother. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is a trailer that we watched where <laughs> I was like, is he, he going to try to fuck his mom? It's not quite that bad. So uh, the the main character who is named Jose Louis, uh, he gets left at the altar. So like the beginning, it does like the 
it's like the climax of every like fucking romantic comedy where like uh the guy realizes he's in love with the girl and like you know races back through traffic to like stop her from marrying the wrong guy Mm -hmm. uh except the wrong guy at the wedding is our main character in this movie and like uh you know the the girl runs off on him uh with this other dude who i guess was like the dj at the wedding was supposed to be or something sure i don't know um and then they do a jump cut to him being really sad while his mom's sitting there trying to like pay all the bills for the wedding and shit. So they decide to go on his honeymoon because he already paid for the trip uh, and he could use a break. And I don't know. The mom goes with him because why not? Because that's the core concept of the movie. Right. It's it's really it's a really mediocre comedy drama like it's just kind of shitty which is like what we expected yes i will say like the mom and son don't fuck thank god uh but like they are out on the beach and like the mom gets her old saggy boobs out to get some sun and the son freaks the fuck out uh as one would Yes. Yeah. So that's weird. Uh, okay. Hooray. I don't know. The point of the movie in broad strokes turns out to be that like, you know, they, the son and the mother haven't been friends for a long time. So they like start to get to know each other finally, uh, and like care about each other. Um, the mom has been married to like the kid's dad for like, half of forever and he's just like the most boring man in the world uh whereas like it turns out the mom is like fun and free-spirited and like wants to you know live her life and isn't just like old and shriveled up and ready to fucking wait for death right uh so like the son ends up calling the dad at one point and it's like hey mom's really cool and like if you don't start taken better care of her she's probably gonna leave you uh so like he ends up saving his parents marriage uh which is kind of nice at the cost um, of his own at the cost of his own uh also like he has kind of a a fling with a person who works at the resort and she's like yeah all these tourists keep coming through and like trying to fuck me and whatever so like do you want to fuck me uh but like you're i'd fuck me but you're just like all the other ones because you don't actually respect me. Uh, and then like it's. It does that the right way where it's like it's not like a whirlwind romance and she's going to fix him. Like at the end of the movie, he's he figures out like, oh, I just need to be alone. I've never been alone. Mm. And like, you know, y- you have to spend some time by yourself to figure out what's important in life. And like if you can't be happy outside a relationship you can't be happy in a relationship because relationship or like happiness doesn't come from other people it comes from playing animal crossing that's true except not animal crossing because that game stresses <laughs> me out yeah uh yeah i don't know also that like 
probably would have been a funnier joke two years ago when we were in the throes of the pandemic and Animal Crossing was like really popular. Uh, so swing and a miss, but um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's whatever. It was a movie. I don't know. They end up going to jail for a little bit because the mom's trying to buy weed and tries to buy weed from a cop because she doesn't know how to buy weed because she's an old lady. Right. As old ladies do. Mm -hmm. And then there's like uh, a guy at the resort that's like hitting on the mom and the son doesn't like it. But like it's revealed much later that like clearly the mom can see through this dude the whole time because like. He's a con man who like tries to seduce women and then like turn them into unwitting drug mules by like hiding drugs in their luggage. Yikers. And she she outs him and gets that dude arrested. So it's like, eh, it was just fun. Like you were fun to talk to, but like clearly I was gonna this was always gonna end with uh me sending you to prison because I'm a fucking gangsta. Right. That's it. It's just kind of a shitty movie. But uh, I had to keep watching it because I was like, what's the next insane thing that is going to happen? Right. Um, that's fair. But also, goddamn you. <laughs> also, the guy who plays the main character's first name is Quim, which is a, a bad word for vagina. So that's unfortunate for him. Is it really? Uh, yeah. Huh. But uh, apparently, like, maybe... I don't know. I'm, I think they're Spanish. I think it's like maybe it's not it. It's not that in Spain. Maybe it's like in uh, Kimmy Schmidt when she finds out that Kimmy is uh, Korean for penis. Oh, that's possible. That's always <laughs> there's a, there was always a distinct possibility. Uh, that's it. I'm sorry I watched it. It's uh, one and a half. Oh, you, oh I bet you're sorry that you watched it. All right, cool. Well, uh, if you have nothing else, uh, that'll move us into a quick break. And when we come back from that break, it'll be time to talk about uh, a review for the new Netflix original, Omar Sy. They ruined a trailer by overdubbing it with bad English movie, <laughs> The Takedown. Guess what language I watched this in. Hello, everyone. My name is Nick, and I'm the host of the annual live stream for The Cure to raise money for the Cancer Research Institute. They research immunotherapy, which signifies the hope of a future immune to all forms of cancer. CRI is extremely accredited and highly rated, meaning 88 cents out of every dollar donated goes to actual research. This year, starting on May 19th at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, we're fighting for the sixth year in a row to raise money for this amazing organization and this important work. Livestream for the Cure is all about the power of the indie creator community, showing that even small creators can make a big difference. We're proud to continue working to raise money and awareness for the potential to treat all forms of cancer with immunotherapy. Together, we can make a difference. Learn more and make an early donation today at LivestreamForTheCure.com. Uh, welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it's time to get in our main review topic for the week. The Takedown. The Takedown is a new action comedy crime film on Netflix. Uh, 
rated a paltry 5.8 out of 10 on IMDb, uh, a mere 0.6 stars above Tall Girl. Uh, this is directed by Louis Leterrier, I am going to assume is how that's pronounced, Sure. Uh, who directed Lupin and Now You See Me. Uh, it stars Omar Sy and Laurent Lafitte. Uh, Diakite and Mong. How the fuck did you say his name? Mong? Uh, sure. I don't remember. Uh, they're, they're police officers who are the complete opposite and get paired together to co- uncover an unexpectedly big criminal case. That is the IMDb description, which uh, reads like it got ran through Google Translate seven times. I mean, sure. Uh, also, it doesn't want to give away anything because I think it's. This movie gets complex as it goes on because there's a lot of shit just happening the, the entire mm-hmm. time, uh, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, there's a few points in this movie where it's just like, well, well, how did they get there? Right. <laughs> Uh, so we'll start with you. What did you think of uh, the takedown? Yeah, it's not bad. It was, it was fun, I guess. Um, this is like, if this was made in the United States, it would have Ryan Reynolds as Laurent Lafitte's character and the rock as Omar Sy's character. Right. So we've seen this movie. It was called, uh, red notice and it sucked. Yeah. However, uh, my counterpoint to that is I think this movie rules uh, because it has Omar. It has not those people. It has an actual good actor mm-hmm. and then a an actual good comedian who doesn't seemingly just have one shtick. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, like, I actually I actually thought this movie was pretty good. Um they're just sort of like unwitting buddy cops who like bungle their way through. Like it, it is an action comedy, which is not what I was expecting really from Omar Sy, but he kind of does great at it. Yeah. So it's, they, I think the, the key thing is that they know each other for, for the beginning. Like they already have a pre-established relationship that is mm-hmm. off screen in the movie. And that helps set up their relationship. Like, it's like normally when you get like the unwitting buddy cop movie, it is very much just like, hey, we're going to spend 20 minutes just like, or 20 or 30 minutes just getting to know each other. And like, we have preconceived notions about the other and blah. This, there's actually like an established friendship that came to an end over, uh, uh, what the hell's his name? Um, now I have to go look up the characters. Yeah. Um, while you're doing that, I will say that like, the so like whenever the adventure first takes off, I understand why Omar Sy is on the case, but like they they spend like five minutes explaining why Laurent Lafitte cannot be part of this case in yes. that he works in a different department and like yes. he just can't be partnered with him on this. And then it does a jump cut to them just being on the case together. And I don't think they explain that they do. Uh, it is implied that, uh, or like heavily implied that his parents are no people. And therefore, because he wanted to be put on the case, he got put on the case because they are connected. Okay. So that's why he hasn't been fired for sexual harassment. Yes. Cause, 
and because like at one point he fucks his official police therapist in uh one of the better scenes in the movie yeah paul paul would hate this <laughs> he would hate that part i don't know if he'd hate the whole movie because of it but like yeah like that's how we get to know him it was like he we break down all of his flaws and then his therapist is still like yeah i still want to fuck this guy and she's yeah. like no and no then- no I'm and then and she's like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with just, you know, having a piece of ass. And he's like, that's not what you are to me. And she's like, I wasn't talking about you. And then right. walks out. Which, which is like, great. That's pretty fantastic because it, it shows like that she was in control the entire time. Yeah. He had no and, idea. And you're sexist if you don't think that women are powerful, independent sexual entities. There's also a part in, in that scene where he... uh he rips her he rips her shirt open she's like now i'm gonna do some like weird touching are you okay with that and he goes like on a whole spiel like (laughs) everything that's gonna happen do you consent to everything do i have your explicit consent because you know these these damn uh social justice warriors just don't let you do anything these days i fucking comedy in 2022 is so sad i know right uh, but then we go to Omar Sy. Actually, we start with Omar Sy, and he's doing a, a, like a, a takedown. He's like, we're looking for this Timothy Chalamet-looking motherfucker, except he's ugly. And then it turns out he's this uh, hulking dude on steroids who's an MMA fighter, so he has to fight him. That fu- that scene was fun. Like, th- There's a lot of fun yeah. in like the first like half an yeah. hour. There's a lot of just like punching and not following police procedure. Who cares? It's a movie. Yeah. yeah it's... You know, it does what it says on the tin. It's, uh, you know, a couple of idiot cops uh, doing dumb shit. Right. And somehow still winning. Yeah, it's great. Uh, Omar Sy gets the shit kicked out of him a lot while Laurent Lafitte is running around in the background trying to help. Or, you know, groping women. You know, one of the two. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I, I enjoy it. I, I think where it goes, and we'll talk about that here in spoilers, but uh, I, I think where it goes is interesting because they were hinting at it the whole time and then you're like, no, there's no way they're going in this direction. And then they went in that direction. And I'm just like, yeah. oh, okay. Uh, anything else not spoiler-wise you want to talk about before? Because uh, I'm generally recommending this. Like, you should you should watch this movie. I think this is probably... I, I like this more than The Atom Project, and I, I quite like that. I would tend I would tend to agree with you. Um, it might have just been like my attention span because I also have had like really bad insomnia this weekend and kind of was like fading in and out. But there there were a couple moments where I was just like, wait, did they explain this? Sure. But like the the movie is paced actually quite well. So like I never really lost the narrative like they. They keep it going in like, you know, it's it's nothing like so like everything's not just like surface level, but it's not like so deep that you're just going to be like, this is this is no longer like a, a fun, stupid buddy cop movie. This is like something I have to sit and think about. Like it's it's digestible. I don't know what the the best way to put that is, but. I'm just upset because I'm looking at uh, IMDb now and Red Notice has a 6.3 out of 10. So (sighs) 0.5 stars better than this movie, which I think is insane. 
I don't know if this movie was a beverage, it would be cucumber water. It's uh, not a lot of substance, but it's light and refreshing and fun. Yeah, that's the big thing. I, I couldn't stop laughing for about the first half an hour of the movie. It, it just it just grabbed me with its very fun, fun comedy. Yeah. And then gripped me with its uh, thrilling drama. That's true. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll now cut into spoilers and talk about the rest of the movie. Let me just play the ending for you. No, no, I don't want to see how it ends. Okay, I could describe it. Um, imagine you're in a room. No, no, like... no, 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 I don't want to know how it ends. I haven't seen the beginning. Uh, yeah, yet. but the ending is awesome. So if I could just Son play the bitch, this is what you always do. You always spoil stuff uh, for me. No, I don't. And if I could just play the ending for you real quick, then we'll discuss that. Motherfucker, you always spoil everything before I get a chance okay, to see it. Okay, you sound like a crazy person right now. Hey, Dan, um, I just want you to know real quick that uh, the director of this movie... Uh, is directing Fast X. That sounds right. That's uh, that actually sounds like the because what you you said he was directing Lupin, and then he mm-hmm. was also directed Now You See Me. Yep, and the first two Transporter films. I mean, that makes sense then to get him. He also did the 2010 Clash of the Titans. Oh, that's that sucks. Uh, also, he did the Incredible and, uh, Hulk movie. Yeah, the the Edward Norton Incredible Hulk movie. And also did Dark, Dark Crystal, Crystal Age of Resistance. This guy has a hell of a ca- of a of a filmography. Good yeah, for him. it's not a not a bad resume that he's got going. No. Um. Anyway, yeah. Uh. So it turns out that the villain is MAGA people. Yeah. Because like the whole the whole time through it, like Omar says, like, "Oh, you're just saying like you're just being shitty to me because I'm black or whatever." Right. And, uh, and like, then it turns eh. out that they are. That's true. Like they they set you up for it and you're like, "Eh, this is weird." And like the mayor obviously is like anti-immigrant uh which like you're like, "Okay, sure, fine." He he runs he has like a small town though. Like cuz like the when when they first establish you getting to this town, it feels like a very small town vibe. And when I saw that, I was like, "Okay, so it's just a small town with like some racists in it." And it's like that's no different than any other small town in America. And it turns out there's a fucking large ass city. Uh, there's a ton of racists in it, and uh, it's terrifying because they they're terrorists because they they try to blow up a a a a, 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 a building, building full of like yeah, it's full of like uh, first generation immigrants that like it's like a hostel. Yeah, like everyone's stacked up on each other. Like people are living in tents within a building, just so like they have like their own personal space. And it's like, uh, oh, this is awful. But like, yeah, so like that was. And then at the end of the movie, they don't even have that. Yeah, it's just blown up. Uh, also, no one dies from the uh, 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 what the fuck, Buster Keaton like scenario that they found themselves in. <laughs> the the end of this movie is basically like. Just aim for the bushes. <laughs> it is. Because, like, he's like, that's six. Because he's like, because the boss about to explode, and then Omar Sai's like, no, 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 we can aim for the creek. He's like, that's like 60 meters away. And there's like, no way we're going to live. And he's like, and I'm like, well, do you want a chance to live through uh, falling to your death? Or do you want to potentially get blown up? Which will yeah. likely kill you. But then it turns out it doesn't likely kill them at all. It doesn't it barely damages them. Like one of them has a torn ACL, the other has a fucking broken arm. And then Yeah, and they're both able to stand up and punch the bad guy. 
Yeah, which uh, you know, racists deserve punched. I guess. Yeah. Uh, Nazi punks, fuck off. Yeah, uh, I didn't. I, I mean, I kind of saw there. There's a point in the movie where I was like, "Man, it's gonna suck when Omar Sy's love interest character is on the side of the racists, and then she's on the side of the racists." And I'm like, "Let's go." Yeah. What a what a what a movie. Yeah, I want more. Uh, I don't care about all the negative reviews to this movie. Uh, I want more. You guys want more fucking Red Notice? I want more of uh, actual good action movies that make me laugh. All right. Um, I don't know. What would you rate this? I'll go three and a half. Kind of close to yeah. being a four. Three, three and a half feels about right. Yeah. It is close to being a four. I love this. I, I really like this movie. Uh, yeah, I um, I really like Omar Sy. I like his whole deal. I like mm-hmm. I like what you're doing with your hands there, Dracula. Yeah, this has me more excited for part three of Lupin to come out uh, <laughs> in who knows when. I wonder it's, if they're uh, gonna rush production on that. I I love that I just said some weird shit that uh, three people who listen to us are gonna get and laugh at, and then everybody else is gonna be like. Uh, why is Caleb a crazy person? Uh, apparently season three of Lupin started in produ- started production in November. So maybe later this year, let's go. Who knows? Uh, I would, I would appreciate that. That'd well, be I'll, great. I'll, dr- I'll watch up all the Lupin that you got on your shelf, but first let me introduce myself. Uh-huh. My name is Humpty, pronounced with an umpty. You, you all right there, bud? Yeah. Yeah, I'm fine. I don't know how to segue out of this trap that I've placed myself in. Oh, that's fine. Uh, that'll move us into uh, a random segment that you were like, yo, we should uh, watch this thing. And I went, sure. Uh, this, is, this is Caleb Foist's A Movie Upon Dan, uh, mm-hmm. a time-honored segment that we do. Because uh, some sometimes I don't want to play the algorithm game or follow the rules, and I just want to say, "Hey, uh, watch this dumb shit." Because Stone, because Stone Cold said so. Uh, we watched Rambo: Last Blood, uh, a 2019 R-rated action thriller, uh, which is a merciful hour and 29 minutes. Uh, it's a 6.1 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, so it's you know. Comparable to <laughs> the takedown, um, somehow. Uh, obviously, obviously, this has Sylvester Stallone as the titular Rambo. I would say probably his second most loved character. That's a take. That's definitely a take that that you have. Yeah, I don't know. Like when I think of Sylvester Stallone, I think of Rocky and Rambo. So I don't know if other people had. Well, I guess I don't. Know, it's an artifact of my childhood. I I grew up with these movies, so I have a soft spot for them. Right. Uh, <laughs> except apparently for this one. Uh, so well, what did I mean, you think of Rambo: Last Blood? So I mean, this came out in 2019. Um, this movie is. Uh, bad. It's uh, v- bad. It's bad. I don't like. 
there's some brutal, brutal stuff in it. Uh, like, like I think we mentioned it before, but like a guy gets his collarbone ripped out uh, from mm-hmm. his body, which is metal as fuck. Yeah, but like no, and that's the yeah. thing is like there's a couple move there's a couple moments in this where it's like oh shit, Rambo just got here and he's doing Rambo things. Mm-hmm. But my ultimate takeaway from this is that we will never again see the likes of the 80s action star. Like Ram- Rambo was and like again, this is I I grew up with Rambo one and two, right? Watched them kind of on a weekly basis a lot of times. The first two movies, the second one especially, because it's the more action packed one. Mm-hmm. Um, but just grew up on it. It's a big part of where I'm coming from, like as a film fan. Sure. I don't know. I don't. I don't think that I actually watched most of the Rocky movies until I was a teenager and I was watching Rambo from the time I was like seven or eight, you know, Mm -hmm. but, uh, um, so I don't know. It's, it's a big deal to me, but like you can't just pluck this eighties action hero out of the context that those movies were in and drop him into like a modern day, action thriller that's gritty and dark and has like modern lighting and camera techniques and soundtrack and you know like modern sensibilities and expect the movie to work because this movie doesn't work except for those few moments where it's like oh they they're just back to like fixed camera angles and big explosions and guys getting killed one after another by like crazy booby traps. Cause like the, the end sequence of this is like pure Rambo nonsense. And right. I think honestly fantastic because Rambo plus unlimited time to prepare, uh, means like every human on the world is potentially going to die and there's nothing any of us can do about it. Well, that is true. <laughs> Rambo plus time equals murder. So, like, I think you're right about Rambo existing solely as, like, an 80s project. However, mm-hmm. I would argue that you can't put a 70 to 80-year-old action star into a movie with modern lighting and camera movement because nothing hides the fact that he is in 70 to 80 an, year old an ancient star. an ancient person yes um which i don't have as big of a problem with that cuz like there's movies that are thematically similar that do work like gran torino is fantastic yes and i would but, say like that but like we're not expecting clint eastwood in gran torino to fight his way out of the 50 human trafficking fucking cartel people. You right. know what I mean? He picks off one to two people at a time. And mm-hmm. between that is our dramatic moments that Clint Eastwood is a good enough actor to carry through. Now, I think Sly is the best actor in this movie, but that's not exactly a ringing endorsement of the movie itself. That right. just means that 
everyone else kind of sucks. So, and that's, that is my biggest problem with the movie is that what was, uh, when did, when did the other Rambo movie come out? Um, 2008. 2008. Yeah. So we have 2008 Rambo four, which is just called Rambo comes out and it's like, here's this old warrior. We're going to give him his final send off and, and kind of show how he finally finds peace after a lifetime of just torment, basically. So then this movie comes out 11 years later and it's like, Hey, let's give Rambo one final send off. And it's like, wait, we've done that. We've done this. Right. Why do we need to hurt Rambo more? Because like I said, you can't pluck the eighties action hero out of the eighties and drop him into a modern movie. Cause like modern heroes have to suffer and be defeated and then eventually overcome it. Mm-hmm. We have to give Rambo something in the, within the context of this movie to lose. So we kill the only person in the world that he loves. Right. And and we have to make Rambo powerless to stop that. Rambo, the person who he would take losses, but he never lost. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like we have to crush him and defeat him. And that's it's the worst thing. Cause it's like it's like it's like realizing that God is real. But it's just some some old guy who's a con man and like somebody just comes in and beats the shit out of him. And it's like, oh, I devoted my life to this. And it Mm -hmm. was just a a fucking farce. Like he could never he could never do the miracles that he said he could do. Did he even really kill those fucking Viet Cong people? And save everybody from the fucking cons- like at the POW camp in the second movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know because like maybe they all just got killed off screen because Rambo's fallible now. I don't yeah. know. I don't. I don't know if that's <laughs> the proper way to explain yeah, I mean, that. But that it's like you, like Rambo either should have died a hero or this movie should not have been made. But well, like what but what we have is that like Rambo survives and kills fucking everybody but he's completely incapable of saving anyone other than himself. Uh r- right. Like that and that's actually made a correlation to Taken in this movie. Like this has a lot of similar threshold like similar plot beats to Taken. Like girl goes to foreign country, mm-hmm. uh gets offered up unsuspectedly to a a a gang uh they begin uh injecting her with drugs in an attempt to whore her out and then rambo shows up to and then father figure shows up to save her mm-hmm. now uh of course the major difference is that the girl dies because rambo can't save her uh, and also rambo gets caught trying to save her and they're like well you just made it a lot worse for her because right. now we're all going to fucking gang rape her and beat her. Which they do. And then so she like, dies. It's at by the time Rambo gets her out of there and then she dies anyway. That is a mercy that she died. Right. Because she's because she would have grown up and been as haunted and tormented as Rambo. 
for presumably like another 50 years if she didn't just fucking jump off a bridge. Right. So, like, of course, you could continue the Rambo franchise with her if you wanted to. I don't know why you would, but, you know, there would there'd be that thing. And he would, like, I guess, impart wisdom on her how to live. Would, would the female version of Rambo be Ramba? No, uh, it would be uh, suffering. <laughs> so, yeah, like, there's there's some cool, brutal moments in this movie that I really appreciate. Like, the, the yeah, guy like when he pulls the guy's collarbone out. out. Yeah. Uh, Which, like. I don't know if he like cuts the skin, but he like hits him. It looked like he hit him with the pommel of the knife and then just like dug his fingers in under the dude's collarbone and then pulled it out through his flesh with his hands. Right. It's pretty metal. It's pretty fucking metal. And then there's the end scene where he pins the guy. Cause like uh, er early in the movie, like, you know, Rambo, you know, went to like his family's ranch where he grew up and he's just working the ranch. But then it's like, Oh, he, he has all of these tunnels built under the ranch and they do like a lot of cool shots of the tunnels and stuff. And it's like, ah, this is where we'll get to see Rambo murder people later. Mm-hmm. Like it's very clear. They're setting up all the tunnels and, and shit for murder, but yeah. like Rambo lures them back to his ranch. And then the the guy who is the leader of the group, who is like, Hey, I'm going to order the, the gang rape and uh, drugging of your daughter figure. Uh, he, he pin he, at one point in his training montage that he does, cause like he lifts heavy shit and he practices shooting things. Like he shoots a, a compound bow and arrow, uh, mm-hmm. in between like four, four, uh, playing cards on a, on a, against like a barn wall. And you're like, huh, that's very specific. I wonder what he's going to do with that. Uh, it turns out he uses that technique to pin the man to the barn wall and then yeah. literally cut his heart out. Well, yeah, he uh, he shoots his arms and legs to immobilize him, like, you know, just hammers him into the wall so that he can't move. Uh, and then he's like, I'm going to rip your heart out the way you ripped my heart out. This is what it feels like. And then takes a fucking knife and just like dissects this man while he's alive and literally does pull his beating heart out, which continues to beat in Rambo's fucking hand shows it to the guy. Uh, and then the man expires. Yep. It was, it was fantastic. Cause it was one of those things <laughs> where you're like, I don't believe that they're going to do like he, when, when somebody says I'm going to rip your heart out and show it to you before you die. Like you, you assume that means figuratively in some kind mm-hmm. of way. Nope. Fucking does it. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's it's a shame that. Honestly, one of the better Rambo moments is in such a bad movie, because I would say that is on par with uh, in the fourth Rambo movie where he jumps up in the fucking back of the Jeep and grabs like the 50 cal that's mounted there and just like turns the fucking driver of the Jeep into fucking bacon by shooting him point blank with a yeah. fucking 50 cal on full auto. Are you sure movie? <laughs> we, uh, we actually, they actually show that again, uh, at the end of this movie, because they do a whole montage. So I yeah. swear to God, if we get another fucking Rambo movie, I'm going to shoot somebody, but we get a whole montage of like a bunch of Rambo moments from the entire franchise. Uh, and that's there. That's, uh, that's one of the moments is hidden, turning a man into Swiss cheese. Yeah. You love to see it. We love it. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know why 
Rambo could do all that great shit and he couldn't he couldn't just like kill all of the people before they realized he was there. Cause that's what he explicitly does every time we've ever seen him in a movie. Right. And and instead he just like blunders in, notices that he's being tailed by like ten people, and then keeps walking so that, that ten people can turn into thirty, which then turns into fifty. And then and then he's like, uh oh. Right. And then like like because the main thing is like he walks in there alone for no reason. Like, it's just like he walks in and you're like, ah, he's just going to murk all these fucking dudes with the gun and Mm -hmm. the, the knife he has holstered away. And no, they immediately grab them and take them away and then beat the fuck out of him. Also, maybe leave your fucking ID in the truck so that they don't know your address and name. Well, no, because then you got to you got to have everybody show up mm-hmm. to your house. That way, right, everyone like, like them, them knowing like he had the picture of the girl that he was trying to save with him. And they were like, hey, this this girl's downstairs. Let's, you know, just cut this guy's face, beat him up real bad and let him live so that he knows he has to live with the fact that, like, you know, a worse fate is in store for this girl because he came here. Right. Uh, instead he's just like, eh, I'm just, I'm just stupid, I guess yeah. for some reason. Yeah, that's true. Sad. It is what it is. Uh, this is, uh, I- I'm assuming St- Sylvester Stallone had some kind of hand in the production of this movie. So it's kind of his own fault. Let's be honest. Yeah, that that Rambo ended this way. The guy who wrote Rocky. Uh, had some production in this or some help, some help in the production of this. And he decided this is how the movie was going to go. That's, that's the whole thing. It's just, it's just a shame. Cause like Stallone is like one of the best, like honestly, like writer, director, actor, like some of my favorite films, like Stallone is a big part of why I enjoy films. Right. But instead, you know, he fucked it up. So it's fine. Uh, we talked about this longer than we did the takedown, which, uh, which is a movie we recommend, but I guess when you want, when you recommend a movie, you don't want to talk about it too much. So that way everyone can go enjoy it. But, uh, this, yeah. I think we talked over explained it. So you guys understand, uh, don't watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully I pointed out the problems with it so that, uh, I don't know. This this movie stole my rose tinted glasses and uh, used them to gouge a hole in my chest cavity and rip my still beating heart out. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. It happens. I don't know. We all watch our heroes die eventually. Either you either die a hero or live long enough to have your mystique to make Rambo five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well all right well what are we getting into next week dan uh next week on the podcast we will be uh talking about either operation mincemeat which is uh, a real movie that is about real things and also apparently is uh inspired ian fleming to write the james bond uh uh novels yeah, that he wrote yeah. uh or we're going to talk about the rebel wilson movie senior year and I'm leaving it to you. 
Por que no las dos? Because uh, we got two. We have a, a patron request review to get through first. So, uh, unfortunately, it's one or the other. <laughs> I don't know. I do think that... Uh... I do think that Operation Mincemeat looked pretty good. I would rather watch that if I'm being really honest. All right. Then it's Operation Mincemeat. Hooray. It's not a garbage can movie that I think is going to be horrendous. Yeah. We did it. Uh, And then we'll be, of course, watching a Patreon request review for Julio. Uh, It is Stardust starring people and things. Stardust Crusaders? Uh, no, I wish. I think he was inspired by uh, Stardust Crusaders, though. No, this is uh, okay. Michelle Pfeiffer. and uh, Claire people. Danes, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Robert De Niro. Uh, to win his true love's heart, wide-eyed Tristan Thorne. Oh, no. Uh, journeys to a forbidden realm. Oh, no. To retrieve a fallen star that has taken human form. Oh, no. Let's got Bobby De Niro in it. Let's go. It can't possibly be uh... bad. This Claire Danes, sounds... Michelle Pfeiffer, Robert De Niro, Charlie Cox, Sienna Miller, Ricky Gervais, Jason Fleming, uh, Mark Strong, Ian McKellen. Directed by Matthew Vaughn. This sounds fucking terrible. I don't know. What's, is this Matthew Vaughn's first movie? Let's find out. Did he do this before Kick-Ass? No, he was. He did Kick-Ass first. No, that's producer. Hold on. Director. Uh, he did. Oh, he did Layer Cake. So he did Layer Cake, Stardust, Kick-Ass, X-Men First Class, uh, the Kingsman movies. And yeah, so Matthew Vaughn's made some good stuff. I have more faith in this than I did before. He also wrote it. Hmm. Well, all right, then. If it sucks, just blame Julio. It's fine. (laughs) He can take it. Because he's not the hero we need right now, but the one we deserve, I guess. I don't know. Something like that. All right. uh, Well, as for us, you can find us at NetflixandSwill.com. It's your one-stop shop for all things Netflix and Swill. Uh, Apparently, currently, we are the number one uh, TV and movie review, or we are the number one TV review podcast on uh, Good Pods. Uh, We're like six overall in... Do uh, do we have somebody who's in the number two spot who's being a real shit about it? Uh, Not yet. We... uh, (laughs) It's currently... So, uh, good pods. If you, if you're listening to this, this actually didn't happen, but, uh, it was uh, Thursday when I was at work, uh, Paul and I, I was like, Hey, I'm going to make sure the countdown becomes number one in, uh, TV, TV, uh, and film overall. And then, uh, they, they weren't. So I was like, okay, uh, so I'm just going to review, like, I'm just going to review every episode that I listen to. And Paul's like, Dan, I'm going to reciprocate. So like, we slowly built each other up the entire day. Uh, so they were number one at one point, and then now we're number one. So uh, the point is, is that... Uh, Get fucked, Wayne. Yeah, the point is, is that we're awesome. <laughs> uh, I need to actually start using good pods. You could use it. Down- downloaded it. Haven't sat down to start fucking around with it yet. That's fine. 
But yeah, uh, check us out there if you want us to keep rising up the ranks and being able to brag. Uh, yeah, w- uh, Paul hasn't been a cunt about it, but uh, I mean, we were actively trying to build each other up the entire time, so I don't think he's going to be a cunt about it. Uh, I wish, though, we need a podcast feud to fuel more new listeners. Hmm. I think. I don't know. I don't know how this works anymore. I don't know. Maybe we can start fighting each other. And then, like, we'll break up and do solo podcasts for a little bit, and then we'll do a reunion tour. Is that anything? Um, I haven't seen it happen. And I follow the space. It's like, uh, we're back and better than ever. With <laughs> one night only with the original lineup. Yeah, uh, maybe. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, but that's it. That's uh, That's all I got. I found out something really sad through like uh, I was listening to the radio, like a local radio station in Columbus. Not by choice, mind you, because like nobody should listen to the radio. Uh, That's true. But like there was an ad for like Phil Collins doing I think it was like his saying he was going to be doing like his last concert tour ever. But it's like, come listen to Phil Collins play Genesis songs. And something about that was so sad to me. Huh. So I don't know. I think like doing a podcast with not having you on it would be uh, an abject failure. Cause like mo- most of the comedy that I do on the show is uh, predicated on like playing off of you trying to rein in my zany antics. That's true. I have to play straight <laughs> man almost entirely. Yeah. Either that or like, what if uh, Native Americans had uh, weaponized AIDS? So, I mean, that's just comedy <laughs> gold, though. <laughs> I'm sure someone's going to look at that and be like, oof. I'm sure Ashley's going to be like, weaponized AIDS? What? Like, she'll text me that <laughs> when on her drive to work on Tuesday. Be like, what? Are you, what? But yeah, uh, 300 episodes. I wouldn't do this with any. Well. That's not true. I would do this with other people. It just probably wouldn't be as good. Yeah, I'm 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 anticipating like people reaching out to us in in pretty much a 50-50 split like hey, that's the funniest shit you guys have ever said or hey, you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> I mean, you're allowed to to hate it if you hate it, you hate it. Mm-hmm. I I can't blame you. I won't stop you. And if it stops you oh, from listening my. to the show any further, uh, I'm sorry you feel that way. But uh, I think weaponizing AIDS to kill white people uh, in the past is funny. <laughs> uh... <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God. I have to, uh, to fucking pull the ripcord. So until next week, this is Caleb saying uh, we'll see you next Tuesday. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. 
If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swole family.